Wherever you are in your adoption journey, we are a community centered around love, trust, and respect for the experience and opportunities that have made us families. We promise to share, encourage, support, and celebrate the day-to-day of adoptive mamahood together. I'm Liz. And I'm Sarah. And together, we are Two Adoptive Mamas. Welcome back to Two Adoptive Mamas. We're so excited that you have joined us today. Uh, Sarah and I are here with two guests. We have Eleanor and Marlene. And even though we talked beforehand about what I was going to say to intro them, I'm just going to punt it to you guys. (laughs) We're really excited that you're here. Um, Eleanor and Marlene, welcome. And can you start us off and tell us your story? How are you connected to the foster adoptive community? And how are you connected to each other? Why are you guys here together? You want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Go first. Okay. Um, I have been a foster parent for 12 years. We had 12 foster kiddos over the years. Um, We stopped fostering last year after we adopted our youngest two children, um, who are also Marlene's children. Um, she is their mama by birth and their mom by adoption. And between us, we are raising these two beautiful kiddos in this interesting extended family we've developed. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I grew up in the foster care system. So like, that's my first connection. And then my kids and Eleanor are my second connection. So, yeah. Well, it's such a treat to have you both here tonight. And Eleanor, you are a return guest. So it's great to have you back here for a second time. And for our listeners who um, maybe didn't catch your story the first time, we'll link it up in our show notes, but always great to have you here. Um, Okay. So let's dive in a little bit. So Marlene and Eleanor, can you share with us some examples about how you interact with each other? Um, This is the first time we've had the privilege of having an adoptive mom and a um, bio mom here to talk together. And so how you interact with each other and how you engage with um, your kiddos. We've known each other now a little over three years. Um, So when we first met, the kiddos were in foster care. They were placed with us originally as a short-term foster placement. Um, So our first interaction was with me meeting Marlene as the person who was taking care of her kids for however long that was. Um, I think that was a very different sort of relationship to what we have now. Um, At this point, we've known each other for three years. We've been co-parenting these kids for a long time. Um, And Marlene has a son that she is raising as well, who is very special to us and a big part of our lives. I think, what was the original question? How do we interact? (laughs) No, that was really great. I think we would love to hear some example. I mean, however much you're willing to share, but examples of how you interact with one another and then also engage um, with your children, because I know it's two. um, And like in this current season, I guess, in the most recent of the three years. Um, I mean, I think when we first met, I interacted with Marley with saying, you know, oh, no, I have your kids with me. Um, here are some photos of my house. Here are some photos of what they're doing. She gave me a whole photo album. I remember that. I still have it. A whole photo album of the whole house where they're going to spend their time at. I remember that. 
Um, which is the same thing I've done with every birth parent, because I think when you first meet a birth parent, you know, it, it's their child and you have the kid in your house. And if my kid was in someone else's house, I would really want to know, where are they sleeping? What does it look like? Who else lives in the house? Are there pets? Um, and I think from there, we just started to get to know one another. The foster care system tells you very little. They drop a kid off with like a name and an age and they really can't tell you anything. So I always thought it was a privilege to it's, get to know. Honestly, it's not like they ask about the kids anyways. So that was like the only way we were able to figure out. Yeah. And I mean, Hayden was nearly two when he came to me. So he had a whole life before me that I wanted to know about and what he liked and what he mm -hmm. didn't like and how to comfort him. And Yeah, I remember asking so many questions. Yeah. Um, in terms of how we interact with the kids, I think I think it's different with our two children. Um, Hayden had two years of living with Marlene, so he has very distinct memories of her being his primary mother and then me becoming his primary mother, um, where Hazel has only known me as the mom at home. She came home from the hospital with me. So with Hayden, we do a lot of talking and we take his lead and mm -hmm. yeah, we just let him guide us basically. And I think. The nice thing about our relationship and with both of their fathers as well has been that everybody's always been invested in putting the kids first and putting our own feelings aside. Um, so, I mean, Hayden started calling me mommy within a couple of days. And some birth parents find that really hard and fight that and say a lot of that's not your mom, don't call her that. And as much as I was trying to respect Marlene's place in his life, she was always great about saying that's your mom too. We're both your moms. We both love you. And well, encouraging and that. I remember it was hard in the beginning hearing that, but like it made me realize like he was just so comfortable and loving that he he was so he just did it without even hesitating. It I thought it was nice. It just made me feel more comfortable him being with her. It's so special. I just want to take a pause quick for our listeners. And I mean, what you're describing is maybe not the relationship that a lot of our listeners might have, um, between adoptive and, um, and birth parents. And so I just want to say how special this is. And I love that we can really get your, um, firsthand take on things with Eleanor and Marlene. So, um, this is just really, this is just really great. Um, so you've talked a little bit about, um, you know, how you've shared this role in some ways. And so what has been a challenge? Um, let's flip the coin a little bit. What's been a challenge as you interact with each other and you're engaging with your children? Um, let's talk about that part. Um, well, the one thing that is hard is when they get hurt or like they cry, they go to mommy and I completely get it. Like, I'm like, oh, like, I wish that was me, but I'm glad that is her because somebody's there for them. You know, with our kids, there's always a part of me that I am really grateful I'm their mother. I love these kids. I relish being their mother, but I'm also heartbroken that they didn't get to go home with Marlene and that she wasn't able to raise them. Um, and I mean, when one of them falls over, especially with Hazel, she falls over, she hurts her knee. I see her run past Marlene. Yeah. And I mean, I hurt for her while also being glad my daughter runs to me. It's it's such a weird place to live. And I think it's, I think it's maybe one of the reasons a lot of families don't engage in such an open adoption because you're always a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. And there's a lot of sad mixed into the joy. 
Very true. Yeah. I think that's really poignant. And I'd love to hear if you're, again, if you're willing to share, I'd love to hear from each of you how you yourself navigate that like dichotomy and that, I mean, that's tough to bounce back and forth from hour to hour, day to day, you know, like moment to moment sometimes. And so just curious how you guys navigate that as an individual. I don't know. Hayden, Hayden gets into these moods where he just tells me like, I want to come home with you, mommy. I want to go with you, mama. I want you to, and it's just like, I want to tell him like, please come home with me. You can come home. But I know that's not something I could say. So I just tell him like, I'll be back one day. Like I always come back to see you. So it's okay. So like, that's one of the hardest things. I think it's constantly reminding myself that I can feel sad and I can feel mad and I can feel all the things, but ultimately we have two little people who deserve to have the very best family experience they can have. And that means they get both of us. And if we can keep supporting that, even though it's sad sometimes and uncomfortable sometimes, and it would be easier not to sometimes, I think for their well-being, you know, I constantly remind myself that like, they're what matters more. Um, and I've seen what it looks like when they grow up and they have access to both their families. And so I think it's really important for adopted kids to get access to as much as they can if they're both history and they're both family, it's an opportunity for them. Yeah, I think that really segued into kind of the next question and like, I, I don't know, stage of the conversation that sounded really formal, sorry. Um, what for for you again for you both what structures have you put in place that keep some of those healthy communication lines and boundaries and just bridges between your relationship with one another so that the kids the little people um come first and are able to have access to both what what have you guys set up for yourselves it is hard um but i think naming the hard with each other and saying like this is going to be a tough day but also like how can we make it better like what do you need out of this day what do I need out of this day it's not that I don't want to see it it's just I have this 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 going on mm-hmm. and on the flip side there are times that we've been really busy and then we're not there or we just emotionally are not there and the kids are struggling and like they just they need a minute like just knowing the other one is not going to take offense to it like we just talk without I mean obviously there's feelings in there but we talk without having, being careful, I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. I think it's also that, I think we see each other as more than our titles. Right? Right. I think we see each other as people. Yeah, yeah, like, that's how people really do see us as. Yeah. We're supposed to be some type of competition with each other. I don't know. I never understood that part. No, so I think we both, you know, see each other as like the entirety of Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think as you're sharing, I just keep thinking of the word trust and you've built that and that doesn't obviously come overnight, but um, just through your experience and your interactions with one another and the relationship you've built, that trust is so key um, to have with each other. So, and Marlene, I, I, I really think um, that for our listeners who might be navigating this type of relationship, you know, for the first time with their child's biological parents, um, your 
insight is putting them at ease that like you said, it's, it's not a competition or if it feels like it should be like that, it's not necessarily like that. And I just, I really appreciate your, your insight there and your firsthand account of that. That's, that's huge. Um, okay. So you have built this trust with each other. You have, you know, you communicate and you're doing what is best for the little people. How do you navigate interacting with family and friends who don't understand the nuances and the importance of each of your roles? Big question. I know. I think people have a lot of thoughts and feelings about open adoption. And anytime the kids struggle, the kids, you know, ever say like they miss mama or they're sad about something or there's ever anything, the answer is always, well, why are you doing this? Um, I used to talk a lot about it. I used to do a lot of justifying and this is what adult adoptees say and this is what the books say and this is what the kids say. And I think I've just gotten to the point where I'm done justifying it. And my answer to family and friends is she's a huge part of her, our lives. We love her. We love her son. And you can come or not come, but she'll always be invited first. You do with that what you choose to do with that. I will really argue with them because they think because I don't have them, like I don't have physical custody of them, that I'm not allowed to love them. I'm not allowed to see them anymore. So they get very confused when I tell them, oh, we're going over for dinner or we're going to go hang out in the pool with them. Like, I don't know. It just gets very annoying and I get very agitated by it. <laughs> Marlene, I saw you smile when Eleanor was, said, she'll always be invited first. How does that make you feel? Well, like she, she, she has always, always, always made me feel there. Like she has, she has never let made me feel like I'm off to the side or I'm not like, like that. I have never gotten that vibe from her. She had from the very beginning, the very first day, she always made me feel like even she loved me. She always made me feel like that from the very beginning. And I have always loved that like the day I gave birth I came home they were right there the next day they have she she had been there for me from the very beginning that's beautiful I mean I think what people don't get is that you know we really do love her as a part of all of our lives she's very important to our daughter by birth she's very important to us we're so proud of all the things she has accomplished and watching her get to raise her youngest son is just such a privilege. Um, you know, we spent 12 years as foster parents and there's a lot of times as a foster parent that I think you wonder if any of it's worth it. Um, the system is hard. And watching all the things she has done with her life, it makes all the years of foster care worth what we put into it. Um, and I think that's the part a lot of people miss. They they focus on, you guys have these kids together and there should be this competition and they miss mm -hmm. our relationship with one another. And I don't think you can boil it down to birth mom, adoptive mom and put some labels on it. And then just keep it separated for like the rest of their lives. Like, mm -mm. I, I don't I don't get how you do that when you spend so much time together and when you have kids together and when, you know, she's one of the only other people in the world who loves the kids like I do. You know, there's, there's not a lot of people that love these kids like this. And I, I can't imagine trying to keep a super separate life from that. 
Well, first of all, it's really beautiful to watch you two interact <laughs> um, even across the screen. Um, and for our listeners to know, there is just a lot of love going on right now in a good way. <laughs> um, and so thank you for both sharing your hearts um, about all of it, <laughs> um, about your family and about your kids and about your relationship with one another. Um, our last two questions, well, I should say, shouldn't say last, but our last two questions are, um, kind of your advice to our listeners. So first one would be for those people who are listening in the, uh, somehow touched by adoption or foster care, and they are able to have a relationship with their child's birth parent. What advice or encouragement would you want to share as they're developing that relationship? I don't know. Don't get too butthurt about what the kids say. Like, <laughs> like the, that. That's one thing a birth parent can needs to keep in mind. Like, don't they're gonna run to the one that they spend most time with. It's it's gonna happen, but don't get hurt by it. As it just shows that they 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 love their mommy as much as they love their mama. That's it. I mean, I think that goes both ways though, because you know, I also get. I mean, especially a son likes to throw at me. I'd rather live with mama. Um, I wish mama would take me home instead. Um, and also, you know, I'm the one that holds him when he cries and says, I miss my mama. I wish I lived with her. Um, I think trying not to get hurt by that or remember it's not personal and it doesn't mean they love you less. Um, I think trying to trust it until you have a reason not to as well. Um, birth parents get demonized a lot in the adoptive community. I think they're stereotyped. I think they get demonized sometimes, um, especially in foster care. And I think it's a hard thing because if any of us was judged by our mistakes, we wouldn't look great. And that's all you get told about birth parents is their mistakes and the things they didn't do well and it's not like they give you a but they were great at this 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 and they're a really loving parent and I think you have to be willing to look for those things um and I think you just have to be willing to put the kids feelings first and the kids well-being first it's it's not easy um especially when you're fostering um I mean we had the kids for 18 months before we knew what was going to happen so we raised our daughter from birth to 18 months, fully believing she would eventually leave and go back and live with Marlene and being able to focus on this is her mama and this is someone she needs to have a really good relationship with and put that ahead of your own feelings, but also be willing to admit to the feelings. Um, I don't know, it, it's the duality thing. So you have to be comfortable in both. You have to be willing to celebrate the successes while also feeling devastated that you might have to say goodbye to this child um, and figuring out how to live in the in-between. Mm -hmm. I think trying to say all the positive things you can as well is really important. And, you know, I mean, we've raised 12 kids with other parents at this point, and there's always something positive you can find about a birth parent, even the ones where you really have to think real hard about it there's something positive you can share and sharing all the positive that you can, I think is really important because I think it's really easy to not share that with the kids. And these are kids that look like their parents that often have their parents' personality. So being able to say, 
you have your dad smile. It's beautiful when you smile like that. Your hair looks just like your mama. You laugh like your mama and celebrate those positives with them. So the kids feel comfortable in who they are and how they look and loving their parents. Marlene is smiling. I know our listeners can't see you, but she's smiling. <laughs> so that's beautiful. I just don't um, think you can do enough of it. I, I mean, I think it's a lesson we learned the hard way with our mm. older adoptive kids. Um, you know, we had an open adoption, but I don't think I said enough positive things about their family or enough. We expect you to love them. We'd love to see more of them. And when my oldest son reconnected with his sister by birth, he was really nervous to tell me about it. Hmm. And I think I learned a lot from that about how active I need to be in the conversation about mentioning birth family frequently. So the kids feel comfortable mentioning it to me and it's not something they have to wonder how I'm going to react to it. Hmm. Um, Makes me sad that he was so hesitant to tell us because we would have loved for him to connect with his birth sisters earlier. And I'd really tried to foster the relationship in the early years, but it had kind of dwindled off. And I wish I talked a lot more actively about, we'd love to see them. We'd love to know more of your family so that he didn't have questions about it in the end. You kind of alluded to it, Eleanor, but, you know, just speaking positively about a bio parent, but for adoptive and foster parents who are not able to have a relationship like you do with Marlene, what advice can you give aside from what you already shared to best support the child in your home or the children? Um, I think we practice naming feelings for our kids or saying, I wonder if you feel, um, so with my son, sometimes I'll say things like, I wonder if you wished you lived with mama. I wonder if you miss mama. Or I say, if I was living in this situation, I would miss her. Um, and sometimes he just ignores me and takes off. And sometimes he says, yeah, I really do. Um, I think whatever you can find out about them, you know, even birth parents that you don't get to know in person, I always, you know, I'd look them up on Facebook. I try to find them online. I try to get anything I could. So even if all I could share was, I think your dad really likes baseball. It's something the kid can connect to and say, I have a connection to this person because I like baseball too. Because um, not all birth parents are safe to have a relationship with. The reality is sometimes you do have to have really firm boundaries in place and sometimes you can't have an in-person connection. But I think there's normally the opportunity, at least in foster care, to know something, share something. International adoption is a little different, but whatever you can find. Yeah, I'm sitting here wondering as we kind of wrap up our conversation. Well, first, we want to give you both an opportunity to to share anything else that might be on your hearts. Um But also Marlene, as you look back on the relationship you've been able to build, um, it seems like it's really exceeded what you ever hoped for, right? Like you have this amazing relationship. Is that, would you like to expand on that a little? Yeah, well, I I grew up in foster care. So I have literally been in those shoes. Like I was a foster kid. I never had a relationship with my parents after I was adopted. So I understood that feeling. I understood not being wanted, not like not being a part of a real family, quote unquote. But um, but yeah, like 
it's like in the beginning, I was very hesitant of even like talking to her. Like I, I thought in my head, I thought like, oh, she's trying to take my kids. She, she, she's so mean. Why would she do this to me? And then, you know, I would see Hayden run to her when, when it was time for pickup. And I would be like, okay, he, he loves her. He's excited to see her. That's, that's great. He, he, he would talk about mommy did this with me today. Mommy did this. Daddy did that. So it's just like, I love knowing that he is comfortable. He's loved. He's comforted all the time. So like, it's, it's, it's a huge difference between when I grew up in foster care compared to when they're growing up in foster care or where we're growing up in foster care. But, um, yeah, the, the relationship was a lot more easier than I had expected it to be because I seen it. My foster mom and my mom, they did not come back. They were always bickering and stuff. And so I, I thought that's how we were going to be, too. And I saw there was nothing like that. So I immediately felt comfortable with her. I, I like I, it was just it was great. It was more than I expected. Well, we couldn't be more grateful for your willingness to share, because as we said, you know, I know that this has, this has been a beautiful relationship for the both of you, but there are emotions and there are hard parts too. And so just your willingness to share. Um, but also I can't help, but think as, as we talked tonight, that you're both putting your children first and you're a beautiful example of that. And, um, I just, I feel like what you have shared and how you are loving your children and loving each other and building that relationship is it's what we all would hope for. Right. Um, and you're living that out and that's, that takes a lot of initiative, a lot of commitment. Um, and I'm, we're just so grateful that you are that example to your children and that you were willing to share that with our listeners. I think your story and your relationship offers hope and encouragement, um, and the perfect example of what, what can be and the possibility that's there. If you're willing to be, um, uncomfortable in <laughs> with one another, um, but also find that common ground and loving your children. So Marlene and Eleanor, thank you so much for sharing tonight. Um, this is definitely one of those unforgettable recordings that we'll be pinching ourselves just that we got to hear your story and just your willingness to share. Um, and so for all our listeners, until we meet again, remember you've got this mama. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode or know someone who could benefit from our show, the best thing you can do is leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We're grateful to be hosting the Two Adoptive Mamas podcast for a third season. Learn more about how you can support our ongoing work through our Patreon at twoadoptivemamas.com. As always, it's been fun. Until we meet again, remember, you've got this mama.